Hi everyone, uh, in, in live and in, uh, what's it called? Um, what's the name of when we upload things? The Not By Carp Show on Jewish Podcasts. So um, I just think I've been a very busy time and just doing a different night because I, I, I personally get so much from uh, looking at the ways to wisdom. So here it goes, way number 16. This one I found um, almost maybe even more than any of the other ones, uh, extremely practical and, I, and um, relevant, really, I think, wherever anyone, wherever anyone's at, religiously or socially, it's just a very, I think, I feel down to earth uh, message. Not that all the ones aren't, but specific, specifically. So way number 16 is called Mi'ut Sikhora. Mi'ut Sikhora means to minimize business. So on the surface, it sounds like a very practical idea that if a person becomes a workaholic, um, they won't be able to have anything outside of their job, which I think is certainly a nice idea to uh, all, all of us keep in mind, especially in 21st century. There's the rat race, you know, thing. there's a, uh, Long gone, especially with COVID, are the, um, you know, show up to work and leave your business at work. Very, very rare to find such a job now, especially if you're not going in. So that's certainly good advice for us all to be re re um, reminded of. But I want to focus a little more on the positive aspect of this uh, way. Because when you say minimize business, that means that there is something positive uh, to be to pay attention to with the idea of business. So basically that the way that Rabbi Weinberg understood this Mishnah is that let's take a look at the paradigm of the business world. And if we look at life as a business, uh, there's a lot to learn from there. So the famous question, would you rather be rich or would you rather be wise? Well, most people would say, of course I'd rather be wise. I mean, I don't think anyone would say that, but I think most of us in our right mind would say that. Well, many people, normal people, uh, have much more zeal when they're running after money than wisdom. Why normal? Because money is more real to us. We see it. It's like the ultimate currency, uh, no pun intended. And so if we see how motivated and how driven and how disciplined we can be when it comes to quote unquote our jobs, then we can take that and apply it to meaningful aspects of our life, um, relationships, our spirituality, our morality, our day to day, um, it would do us very well. Would, and there's a lot of great comparisons. I've actually seen this. I had a friend who, when he was, uh, I guess, in school, he wasn't really the best student. And somehow he landed a great job right out of college. And all of a sudden, he, like, everything. He started going on all eight cylinders. Like, all of, he, he did well at his job, and that flowed over into everything. I think he saw how, like, like work, the, the workforce, the real world, kind of snapped him out of his stupor that he can just glide through life. So the first, now I'm going to 
probably gravitate more towards the business idea, but it's really any job there's a, there's um, that there's quote unquote real world. So whatever occupation you have, there's the ultimate bottom line question. Are we profiting or not? If it's a more service oriented job, obviously there's always the money component, but there's, are we, are, are our goals being accomplished? And that is any business, any job has that. Any job that's somewhat significant has that. So the, and if in our life, we've said many, many times, is really about pleasure. And the question we have, we have to ask ourselves is, are we getting that pleasure? Are we getting that pleasure? So there's a famous story with Eliyahu Anavi. Now, it's one of those agotic pieces in the Talmud and all agotic story type um, uh, pieces in the Talmud deserve a tremendous amount of, of study and, and, and focus and depth. And, and, but but there's, there's a certain amount to, to be learned just from the, the, the uh, uh, simple understanding of, of this story. So the Yohanavi, he approached a particular man says the Talmud, and he says, Bini, in a very endearing way. You learn from there how you approach someone. He says, my son. He says, have you studied Torah, the written Torah? He said, nope. Have you studied the oral Torah? Nope. He's like, well, what are you going to do after 120 years? You're going to go to heaven, and they're going to say, did you uh, check out my Torah? He's going to tell God. Yes, he thought about this before. He said, you know, I'm not, I'm not the academic type. I, uh, I don't have the intelligence. I don't have the understanding. I'll tell God it's his fault. It wasn't really something that I was capable of doing. So Leonavi didn't really respond much to that. He says, well, fine, sir. What do you do for a living? He says, well, um, I'm a fisherman. He's like, well, how do you, uh, how do, you do your, your, your profession? Well, back in the day, you know, you got to you got to make your own nets. And he explained him all the intricacies of making uh, nets and, and getting the materials and the type of net really complicated. And he said, OK, once you have your net, where do you get the fish? He's like, well, he explained to him where the fish go and what times a year, what times a day and and how and the bait and really, really complex. And he basically said, oh, it's a whole science. Upon which Eliyahu Anavi says to him, well, how, how did you learn all this? He's like, well, God gave me the brain for it. So he, he kind of, uh, the proof was in the pudding. And uh, Leo said, you know, the same God that gave you the brains to have some degree of understanding, it's a pretty intelligent fellow, you, 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 can, you can look at Torah as well. And at that point, the, the, the person expressed a lot of regret. Elio wasn't there to, uh, you know, doom and gloom and make him feel depressed. So he said, you know, every human being is going to say this claim. And we all say this claim to some degree in, in different areas of our lives. You know, because our actions contradict ourselves, you know, and it's normal. That, that's the, that, that's the, the human condition and the question and, and the uh, stuff that life's made of is to, uh, is to try um, to, uh, you know, to minimize those contradictions. When we say, oh, we don't have the time, well, then we find time for something else. 
So that was basically, uh, that's the story of Elio Hanavi. And that's really what the Weinberg said is really what this method's about. It's about applying the uh, habits of business and the workforce to other areas of, of, our, of our lives. So let's uh, look at a number of points over here. Point number one. We do have to recognize, as was a famous King Sol line from King Solomon, King Solomon said, If one will pursue meaning in life, the way one pursues um, money and jewels, then one, one will understand God. And you see that the way the human condition is, is that we, are, we have drives. We have things that motivate us. Money is a big motivator, and we see it gets most people out of bed in the morning. So the concept of a profit is a great motive. That we just have to be honest with that. Not, not, nothing to feel bad about. It's just there. And, and this, you know, <laughs> every person who works is, is a testimony to that. Money gets us to do things. So if that's the case that and that we and then we and, and people somehow often get their act together when it comes to making their living because they see the importance of it or they want it so badly. So then we kind of have to just kind of get knee deep either and think back to our own experiences in business or the workforce or to learn look at look at other people. You know, you have all these self-help books, you have all these CEOs or people who accomplished just things in, in academia as well. Um, there's a lot to learn and a lot to think about. And when we do that, we no question, uh, and we try to apply some of those principles, you know, for a classic example is Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie took the, if you read the introduction to the, the classic Dale Carnegie book, um, he took principles that made him successful in his work, and he applied them to life. And he said, these principles be applied to everybody. And that's exactly what the Mishnah here said thousands of years Early. So let's look at a couple of uh, paradigms and then plug them back in to our lives. So let's take a big business, a big corporation, big organization, big university, whatever it might be. So we have to look for us before we plug in, explore the details of a big business. We have to, no matter how small we think we are, we have to be sell ourselves that we are our biggest business. We are, as far as we're concerned, every human being is concerned, we are the biggest business. That's it. It's the most important enterprise we'll ever be a part of, the, the enterprise of me, of I. And when you, when you, when you sell, the, to, to the degree that person can sell themselves on that truth, because um, a person is their number one responsibility, then uh, they can we, we can learn things from big businesses and plug them right into our lives. Number one, you got a big, let's say, a big assembly line, GM, back in the day, right? Now, everything there is efficiency, right? You know, you have one person, the next person. Let's say a person would notice that one person on the assembly line, for every motion, let's say, that he has to do for his job, he notices he's taking 10 extra steps. So each person who's applying a wheel to a car does 10 unnecessary steps. 
you do the math, 10 times all the workers, times all the days, times all the weeks, times all the years, we could be talking millions of, of minutes. So in any company, and certainly today with all the technology we have, there's a tremendous focus on efficiency. And that's why there's efficiency experts. And the same thing with life. Imagine, we all, we all have this in something. Sometimes it seems kind of funny. But let's say someone spent every single morning of their life five minutes finding their shoes. Do the math. It's, it's scary how much time was wasted. We're not being efficient. Now, we don't have to be neurotic about things. But if we, we want to be efficient people, we want to be efficient for our business. And, and, and when the person's efficient, then they have time for all the things which they need and want to do. Number two, what's a, another major cog of any major company, major institution? Quality control, right? You got the same, you got the GM, you have a car, you test the car and the car won't stop, gone. The car won't get started, gone. There's quality control in any, any, with any field you're in. Well, let's look at ourselves. Why some, when, there, when there's a quality control, you're looking at it. You're trying to understand why did this one work? Why did that one not work? Why did this one work better? Well, we look at ourselves we, and, we, we, and we can study why do some, um, why do some days do we rock it out and some days we don't. So that's something which, which we can study and that's what companies do. And we, we're, we're the CEOs of our company. Big companies, especially larger ones, the larger they are, the bigger this takes place, the larger scale this takes place. But companies and organizations have five-year plans. You have one-year plans, five-year plans, three-year plans, 10-year plans. You have a plan. If No major company just rolls with the dice as they get up in the morning. Can, right? It just doesn't work that way. So anything that's big, and for our, as far as we're concerned, our life is big because that's why we're here. We're, we're responsible for our life. We gotta make, think of some sort of plan, not just constantly just picking. We have to be able. We have to be able to roll with the punches because things often don't go as planned. But we, we but to at least have a plan. And the fourth big thing that I think all major companies have. And all organizations have is they have a lot of time and budget allocated towards R&D, research and development. No company is satisfied with the status quo. A, because they're not satisfied. And B, because if you don't, you know that you, you become obsolete. Think of all the companies that have that keep acclimating to the technological advances, the ones that have been able, that were doing R&D the whole time. You know, they're staying because you know, there's competitors and you, you'll become obsolete. And in the game of life, things are constantly changing. So we have to be constantly doing that research and development. So because something that may have worked 10 years ago for us might not be still working, might not working. And if it, even if it's still working, might not be working uh, five years from now. So, you know, you might, you know, maybe may hard to wrap your head around that. You know, I'm not a big business. I'm just a little guy, a little gal, but which is not true. But let's say it for, at the moment, that's hard to wrap your head around. Well, 
let's say you're a small business. Think about the small corner grocery, mom and pop store, mom and pop uh, gas station, convenience store. You know, they're always open. Think of COVID. Think of snowstorms. It, it takes literally a, 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 a life-threatening emergency, and even then some, for a mom and pop store to not be open. I mean, my family had that. My grandfather had a bakery. And he was up no matter what, every single day, going to the bakery. And that, now, not only just do people in small businesses don't, they take it so seriously, is they know their business. They know the prices of everything, the profit margins, where to find you in the show. You don't go into a, a small business and you ask them, do you have this item? And they start looking on their computer they know they know their business they know everything about it and 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 that's these ideas can be applied to life you know are we how serious do we take do we take life as serious um as a business as a small business would and do we uh and do we know our business do we know ourselves do we know what's going on we know what's going on in our life i mean this thing about these you know if a person could say hey i know the 48 ways to wisdom Boom, you know, so it's, it's, it's actually, you know, you, without getting into the whole class every time, you can have a bulleted thing and they'll get, they'll get you pretty far. You know, if someone goes into a mom and pop store and someone complains, so you deal with it. You don't just like, you want the business, you want to grow, you want to see if there's opportunity there. You don't just blow things off just because they're a little uncomfortable. You also, anyone who opens a small business, I've no, I have a lot of friends who have, and everyone knows the first few years you're not turning a profit, very unlikely. You probably lose money because you got to have patience. So in the business of life, the same thing. When things don't work out, you know, it doesn't mean they're bad just because they we don't have immediate satisfaction, immediate, uh, you know, any business. There's no such thing as a business without risk, and in the. Uh, the uh, cycle of life, you know, that doesn't mean you have to be this, you know, uh, daredevil risk taker, but everything, anything you're going to do that's going to be successful is going to have a certain element of risk because they didn't have any element of risk, then it wouldn't really, no one would pay for it. No one would pay you to do it. Um, you know, there's got to be something there. And, you know, so think about this. Let's say if someone comes into your life, someone a little bit unusual, someone a little bit unpleasant. And, you know, so you could just quickly, you know, go the, anim the animosity route and, um, you know, I don't like that person. But before you go doing that, besides the fact that it may not be nice, is you may want to analyze, you know, you know, maybe this person is some, is helpful for me uh, or I could be helpful for them or we could be helpful together. You know, you know, in the same way you wouldn't, you know, everything in our life has potential for it's a big business. And, and you look at people who are in big businesses or any business, they, if they smell something that could help, that could be productive, they grab it and they put aside their egos for it. You know, if they hear someone says a good idea, they don't care if it's the, the janitor or the janitor has a good idea, boom. So you got to keep your eye on the ball and um, we'll all areas of our life, emotional, spiritual, everything will be better off if we're able to, to, to do that. Let's think about the, the, the employee. 
let's say you're not owner of a business and most of us aren't owners of business. So maybe that's a little bit of a hard shift to, to look at, hard paradigm to look at. But most of us at some point or another have been employees. And we all know that we, and I think this might be changing in the 21st century, but, but uh, to, to a large degree, I think it's still prevalent that uh, a boss uh, tells you to do something, you pretty much do it. Uh, obviously, if it's something, you know, you know, immoral or whatever, but if it's just, you know, you're not in the mood, you just kind of go do it. Boss wants to talk to you. You got to be present. That's just, that's just the, you know, realistic view of life. And that's the same thing with, with the rest of our life. You know, just a lot of things. We just got to do them and uh, got to be present. One last one before we move on to some really a, 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 a different focus is, you know, college. Say a person has not really been in the workforce that long or it's not really what they relate to. But if say a person would show up to uh, university, enroll in the classes and show up the first day of classes to the clerk and say, um, where's my paycheck? <laughs> You're like, what do you need your paycheck? You're coming to college to invest in yourself to train yourself and then you can buy your wares and then you can make money. That's absurd. And the same thing in life person has to put in their, 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 their invest in themselves to train themselves and put in their work in, and then things happen. Bottom line of all these different paradigms is we got to be realistic and we got to be down to earth. And if we have that orientation towards our life, um, a lot can happen and a lot of, a lot of good things can happen, and a lot of neg negative things can, can be avoided. The famous idea that the, the rabbis talk about a lot, about the idea of, is it's actually taken from a verse, um, I think in Psalms, I think. Moshlim ba'u cheshbon. Those who are in control, literally mean, but it means those in control of themselves, should come and make calculations. Businesses make calculations, have budgets, they have budgets of their time, budgets of their money, resources. Everything has a calculation. There's schedules. So when it comes to life also, write down, we, we got to make schedules. We have to write down lists. We plan out. All You do those things, you can be great. There's some things in life which you got to kind of just be ready to rock and not, and not be so scheduled, but but having schedules, having lists, having plans, these these all make for uh, anyone. Anyone could be great. And every and, and and in addition to that, every every business, no matter what the day and day job might be of that particular day, you always at some point in the day, you come back come back to go, and you say, what what is the big deal? What is the purpose of this job? What's the purpose of this business? And in life, why am I living? Why am I living? So when a person is going to go about, say a person is sold and says, okay, fine. We're going to look at life as a business. We're going to take things seriously. We're going to be realistic. We're going to be down to earth. The most important thing to think about as you're making all these calculations, because many people do these things. So where can a person veer off? I just had this really, it just happened to me today with somebody, is that, we got to make sure we are, what currency we're dealing with. In a business, someone says, I'll give you a billion for that house. And they mean a billion pennies. 
are you looking for? So when we make decisions in life, we have to make sure we have identified our currencies. Not all things are worth the same. And that then we can decide what gets traded off. Not all pleasures are the same. Some things are not a fair trade. So if we're going to take the time to make calculations and, and the, all these can take inventory with ourselves, we got to have de definitions. What are some um, what are things that are important to us and how much are they worth? Ideas such as being assertive, consistent, determined, goal-oriented, honest, loyal, open to criticism, being optimistic, organized, patient, reliable, self-esteem, teamwork, being tolerant, having a sense of humor, so many things. So the way a person can, I must share, um, a way a, a person could try to be able to, to make accurate um, decisions, accurate inventories, is a person is a basic idea, it's really a whole class in itself, but it just makes sense to remind ourselves about it now, is to learn about what the five categories of pleasure are. It's a pyramid. And the, the, the idea of this pyramid is that as you go up, things from the, the, the thing below it, they don't trade for the thing above it, right? Even if you have a lot of the thing on the bottom, it doesn't trade. So if someone says, I'll give you endless, a, a lifetime supply of Chinese food for your love. So you laugh at that. <laughs> they're, not, they're not the same currency. Someone wants to say, look, I have a Chinese restaurant, you have a pizza shop, you know, let's just make a deal that we each give each other uh, free food. Okay, that, that's, that's reasonable. So the five categories, really focus on the first few because really that's where we, most of us hang out, is the first level is hot dogs and, and, uh, and ice cream. Simple, physical enjoyment, nothing wrong with it, but that's what it is. The next level is beauty. Beauty is something which is more than just feels good. It, it includes love, beauty, those type of feelings, awe perhaps. person would love to experience something beautiful, experience love over a hot dog or ice cream. The third level is when things start getting kavod, which means honor, which also means heavy things that actually have meaning to them. Someone would rather be in a meaningful relationship than to be in a relationship with something that is, that is beautiful or handsome or aesthetically pleasing. Meaning means much more than that. The, the second to highest level is the concept of being creative, power, um, ability to, be, uh, to make other people happy. And obviously all these levels can be perverted. Power can be per perverted. But power in a, in, a, in a creative, productive way is an extremely high level of pleasure. The highest level really is transcendence. So if a person keeps these in mind as they're looking at their life at themselves as their big business, then you're able to, to make appropriate decisions. The person says, huh. 
I'm spending three hours a day on a hot dog level pleasure. And what am I giving away for that? Well, I'm giving away, maybe I'm giving away a meaningful pleasure, right? So that's something which, which a person who is person making that, that those decisions, that trade-off, you have to be informed and have definitions for yourself about how you define. Uh, so you're making decisions that even make sense to you. We've, we've mentioned this, this before, but a simple idea is with many ideas, you got something, you weigh the pros, you weigh the cons, and part of the pros and the cons are long-term investments, short-term investments. And I'm looking back to saying, I'm going to call it foolish because I didn't really know any better, but I remember someone asked me, they said, they'll give me 500 bucks for something. And I was like, wow, 500 bucks. But now, then I, I realized what they were paying me to do. I could have done what they were doing and made thousands off it. So, you know, long-term versus short-term, and that's lots of often that that trade-off is spiritual versus not spiritual because spiritual is eternal, physical is not. And the last question, if we're going to compare life to business, is are you buying? Am I buying? Now someone could be, you say, oh, I'm in real estate. Like, okay, I got it, I got a house for you. Yeah, I'm not buying, right? Well, why are you not buying? Is this an opportunity? Well, if something is a good opportunity, maybe you should be buying, right? So after we've been all thought out and all calculated, you got to be ready to rock. And if something is, in fact, a good use of our time and resources, then you do keep doing it again. Keep doing it. And do, don't just do, just do it once in a while. You will never find someone who makes a million-dollar deal and say, oh, when the next time the million-dollar deal comes, they say, yeah, I don't have enough of those. No. The reason why you would pass up that million-dollar deal is there was something greater for you. Now, that something greater for you may be a higher level of pleasure. Maybe there's something meaningful. Right. There's no question I have in my life. There's been opportunities to make money sometimes. And uh, you push those aside sometimes for something for a relationship, for something spiritual. I mean, for example, for me, Shabbat. Right. There's definitely some things uh, I can sometimes do on Shabbat. And, and for me, uh, that I made that, that decision that there's something more important. So just to quickly go back, there's obviously the negative idea of business where a person can get lost in a business because money is the symbol of pleasure. And the problem is, and I just saw a great, great little clip from, what's his name? The second, third richest guy in the country, uh, Warren Buffett. He was at, someone asked him, you know, you know, if he, you know, how his life is. He says, you know, my life and me and you are basically the same. And he said, most really important things in life, money can't buy. Can't buy. Money could buy the first, most of the first level pleasures, not even all of them. But can't buy love, can't buy relationship, you can't buy meaning, you can't buy power. You can corrupt things and have a, a, a an illusionary um, feeling of meaning or power or love, but real pleasure in that sense, they're not, money can't buy it. Money does a lot of things. They can't buy those things. So just to kind of put things full circle, yes, there's the objective idea of what's a pleasure. And then there's the 
it's important to take stock of where we're at because there's always the objective reality of, of what's what's true and what's not true and what's helpful but then we all have to be realistic where we're at so it's important to know for us what are our pleasures what are the things that we consider pleasure and once we know where we're at we can then see how we're how we're how we're, how we're doing and and as a nice exercise you know, you go to a, a, a big business person, they, they have their life scheduled out. Now, it's okay if you don't have to be as rigid as someone who, there's a lot of advantages of having time. But think of our lives as businessmen. If we, the next two weeks of our life were our business, how would we run it? Maybe we, we would, in fact, keep a lot of flex time. Maybe we wouldn't. But if you can work hard to make money, you, you can work at least that hard to have a great life. Value your time because it's our most precious asset in the world. And whatever makes a person successful at, in, in the academic world, in the professional world, most of those things are, are helpful in, the, in life. And uh, one of those famous things no one ever says on their deathbed, I wish I spent more time at the blank and then you can not have that, not have that regret. So the bottom line is the way number 16 is that to minimize business, meaning look at the aspects of business that we can learn from, apply them to our life and don't get lost in the things that can veer us really off track. If we do that, we'll continue to be well on the way to wisdom. Now, thanks for coming on. I know it was a little, a, a, a little break.